Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. We'll be picking up verse number 8 tonight. As you find your place, we're going to read two verses right here as we look at this fourth vial tonight. Revelation chapter 16, look at verse number 8. 
And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him glory. What last part of that uh, verse 9 is awful sad to read. We'll get there here in just a few moments, but as we read these two verses and we see this fourth vial which is poured out, uh, we see first of all, just as we've seen last week, there is a great resemblance. We see first this resemblance and how this fourth vial is, uh, resembles uh, very much so the fourth trumpet uh, that we read in chapter 8. And uh, we've seen the first uh, three vials and how there is a great resemblance between the trumpets. And uh, it seems almost in a sense like they would go hand in hand. Uh, we see how one affects the earth and how one affected man. How one affected water. These two that we studied last week, the second and third vial. And their effects upon the water, the masses of water. And a very unique vial, I guess you could say. And uh, very unique details that we was able to pick out and point out last week. And in this fourth vial, just as the fourth trumpet, if y'all remember well, in chapter number 8, as we looked at the uh, seven trumpet judgments, that fourth trumpet uh, was uh, more affected toward the heavens, the heavenlies. And uh, by the way, I have this piece of paper here tonight from Brother Willie. And uh, we can make some more copies of these. I don't have but a few. Some folks have already picked up some. But uh, matter of fact, this is from this fourth trumpet. And uh, as it talked about the uh, third part of the sun and the moon being darkened. And uh, Brother Willie has a drawing here to depict this third part. It's kind of hard to wrap our uh, little pea brains around it. I know it is for me. And uh, I know just a simple visual, but we have some papers here tonight that uh, we'll pass out. Brother Willie brought those. and uh, We see that the, the fourth trumpet judgment, how uh, it affected the heavenlies too, how it affected, uh, more importantly, the, the sun and the moon. The third part of these was darkened. and But we see a great contrast as well. We see that this uh, fourth vial, it affected the sun itself but the great contrast would be uh, as the trumpet judgments we've seen that a third part of these was darkened or dimmed and uh, we'll see that as well if you'll uh, see this piece of paper and we'll pass that out after service but uh, we look at this fourth file and we see the great contrast and how this sun was not darkened nor dimmed but how it was simply intensified uh, it was as this vial of wrath was poured out upon it in verse 8. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And the very effects uh, of this vial was directly upon the sun. Not upon the moon, not upon the stars, but upon the sun itself. And how uh, this great contrast, we see that uh, it is intensified and it has grown hotter, if you will. We see this resemblance, but we also see its reach. As the scripture says, that power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. 
as this vial was poured out upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with this fire. Now this could refer uh, to the angel himself. Hence the word him. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And I believe it could be fitting, but whether it is or not, I'm not exactly sure. If you look at the context and you see the very object that is in our focus, uh, we see how this fourth vial is poured out upon the sun. Now certainly this angel may have the authority and the power to intensify the heat, uh, endurance of this sun, uh, which was the object of this fourth vial and how it was affected. We know this vial reached the sun, affected the intensity of this sun, but certainly uh, it could read also that power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. It could refer to the sun itself. Uh, in a more masculine sense, as this sun is. And certainly this sun could be given this power to scorch men with fire. Either way, I believe both are fitting. For we seen last week, uh, y'all remember, I believe it was in verse number 5, there was an angel of the waters. Certainly, uh, there, if there is an angel of the waters and his ministry is more... Uh, in tune with the waters of the earth. Certainly, uh, there is an angel which his ministry are upon the things of the sun. Now, no doubt, maybe this angel could have been given power uh, to produce such uh, burning heat, unbearable heat upon the wicked man. But either way, we see that uh, in the end, this sun is intensified. And that is the very reach of this vial. Certainly this heat, as the scripture depicts, it says power was given unto him to scorch men with this fire. This fire from this sun. And to scorch men, certainly this heat was unbearable. It was hard for man to stand. And certainly uh, scripture doesn't say that any died at this moment. But certainly man would die. There would be many uh, that would lose their life. We'll get to that here in just a few moments. But... Uh, we see that this heat, this scorching of the center man upon the earth, uh, certainly the sun itself is roughly uh, 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. It's hard for me to fathom that. Now, I'm not no conversion calculator, but uh, we've got a machine at work called a LECO. And uh, all it is is a, a big old tube. Brother Gary knows what it is. And they test that fiber cement board. In that Lico machine. And in the back of that little Lico machine, back of this long tube, it's so hot you can't even look at it. What is, it's like 1,350 degrees Celsius. Now, I can't remember what that is in Fahrenheit. It's like two or three thousand, four thousand, two or three thousand degrees Fahrenheit, if I remember right. I'm just guessing. But uh, I thought that was hot. And uh, I, we, we would take those little, uh, that little wire thing, we'd pull them boats out of that Lico machine. You put, uh, you put that board in this little bitty boat, and you got to slide that thing back there, and it cooks that boat for so many seconds, and you pull it back out, and it analyzes the material in there by heating it up, and it sees how uh, much pulp we put in the board and all this stuff. But anyways, you pull that thing out, and it's just cherry red. That thing's just scalded hot. 
and uh, you could take that little wire that you push that boat in and out with you can take that wire and you can pull it out and you can just touch stuff and it just burns it instantly that is hot it's hot in that little bit of oven and that little bit of tube and uh, that's just a couple thousand degrees fahrenheit but the sun uh, is roughly 27 million. I don't know which scientist ever went to the sun and got that recording, but that's just what I found in my study. 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, certainly scientists say that uh, the distance uh, from the earth itself, uh, if this world was to shift one way or another, I, I remember hearing this as a kid, that if the earth was to shift toward the sun just a little bit that it would warm up so much and uh, I began to I, I began to question these things I was studying this passage of scripture it was just things upon my mind and in my study and uh, as I looked that up I found that not to be true <laughs> by the way it would actually take the earth uh, several million miles before we would even begin to see much of a change uh, matter of fact if the earth was to shift uh, so much toward the sun we would actually be pulled to the sun so fast and so directly that chances are the earth would just disintegrate. Uh, it's just amazing to think of these things. The gravitational pull of all these planets as they orbit and as they float around and you know it's not just a coincidence but God's got it all under control. Amen. And uh, we see how the earth is perfectly set where it needs to be. And I believe without a doubt as we look at this pastor's scripture, uh, it's not as scientists may write it off. and They can call it global warming. They can call it whatever they want to. They can say, oh, the earth is tilted too far this way or it's shifted closer to the sun and this, that, and other and it's affecting things like it never has before. What do they know? I tell you one thing, I know my Bible says this sun was intensified and power was given unto it to scorch men with its fire. It would be practically unfeasible for the earth to move so much to cause such torment as we see in this pastor's scripture. Simply put, I believe the sun itself was intensified. If it is 27 million degrees now, maybe it'd be 100 million degrees Fahrenheit at this past of scripture but who's to say but certainly the distance of the earth from the sun itself could not be affected but simply the intensity of the sun and how it rages and how it's burning we see that the scripture says that these men were scorched it would no doubt refer to the wicked man upon the earth during this day now I know just as we've seen in the context of the last few vials and throughout the trumpet judgments as well, we see the very object that is affected and we see here the sun. We see the very point of this wrath of God and who it's pointing to. And it is upon the center man to scorch men with fire. We see in verse 9 as well, and men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God. And certainly these men which were scorched by this fire was the wicked men upon earth during this day of tribulation. No doubt there could be and will be a remnant, an elect, if you will, 
part of those 144,000 that were sealed as we read in chapter number 7. We'll see certainly those 144,000 these elect or this remnant I believe just like the Israelites in Egypt as the plagues were falling down around them, God's hand of protection was upon them. And I believe they will be during this period too. It's amazing to think how such uh, amazing, miraculous plagues could take place uh, during the times of this world, of this earth, during this tribulation period, and some man not be affected. But I know my God. And you imagine that darkness which fell upon that plague of darkness which fell over Egypt and how the Egyptians were walking around in blindness and darkness. It was a darkness which you could feel. You could sense it. It was so thick and it was so dark. But yet the Israelites within their own household, they had light. No doubt as God would send a plague, he knows exactly how to see his people through it. That reminds me of the gracious and mighty hand of God. How he sees us through such a wicked world. When it certainly seems like uh, hell is raging around us today. But I'm thankful I serve a God in heaven tonight that can see his children of God through it all. And regardless of how bad it gets, I know that God... My God is still in control tonight. I don't know what you're going through tonight, but it may seem pretty dark and dreary. It may seem lonely where you're at in your spiritual walk. But honey, let me tell you something. We've got a God in heaven that knows you and loves you and will protect you through it all. Just as He will these elect during this time. I believe that those that are targeted with this very vial of wrath will be those that are wicked and lost. Sad to say, but true. Now you can imagine the scene as it unfolds. For certainly, as this sun is just in blaring, uh, a blaring and growing in intensity. Matter of fact, the world record temperature, the hottest uh, temperature ever recorded on the earth, I wrote it down here, Summers was uh, in Green, Greenland Ranch in Death Valley. 134 degrees Fahrenheit was the hottest recorded uh, temperature, uh, record temperature in Death Valley. 134 degrees. It's hard to imagine, hard to imagine what 134 degrees Fahrenheit would feel like. I've been out on some days when it was cold. I remember going duck hunting with my uncle Greg. We'd go out on the river bottom and it was, I believe it was seven or nine below one morning when we went out hunting. And I thought that was cold. That was the coldest I had seen it. And I didn't care to go back out in it. And I've been out in some days in my childhood and in my youth running out in the summertime. And it's a hundred 105, 106, 109. Boy, I thought I'd seen some hot days. But 134 degrees Fahrenheit. That seems to be the record temperature in Death Valley. Certainly, these temperatures would scorch men. 
Now, would this temperature be 134 degrees Fahrenheit? I don't know. But I believe without a doubt, as the scripture says, it'll be so unbearable that these men would blaspheme God. Matter of fact, they seem to do it now. You go to a place and work at a place like I work today, and men will cuss, and they'll curse God, and they'll say, boy, it's hot in here. Boy, they can't even imagine what it'd be like one day. Boy, when they split hell wide open, these men, after they uh, tormented by this heat, would blaspheme God. Certainly there's some intense heat as these men were scorched with this fire. As I said, record temperature, 134 degrees Fahrenheit in Death Valley. And at that temperature... About any surface that could conduct heat. And I'm telling you all this for a reason. Get you a mental picture of what would go on during this vial. 134 degrees Fahrenheit. At that temperature, about anything under the sun that could conduct heat. Boy, when you touch it, you're talking about getting some burns. You're talking about, you imagine how hot this pavement would be. I bet it was hot enough today, just 80 some degrees. A walk across this parking lot, it'd burn your feet. Now you imagine another uh, 50 some degrees on top of that. Boy, it could be some pretty scorching stuff. These men scorched with this fire. Matter of fact, uh, my study found out, proved out that 118 degrees Fahrenheit can uh, sustain a man first degree burns. 131 degrees Fahrenheit could sustain a man some second degree burns. And 162 degrees Fahrenheit can destroy skin altogether. And it don't take a much temperature to do a lot of damage. I've heard of babies on the news during the summertime that have died inside of vehicles as mom and daddy left the windows up and left the youngin in the car. And I've heard of people getting burnt by their vehicles or by objects that were outside on hot days. Now, can you imagine if it was to get up this scorching heat and how miserable man would be? Not only that, there no doubt could be some uh, just physical uh, things, that attributes from this vial of wrath being poured out. Uh, we think about some medical conditions and uh, medical things that could happen. As we've been talking about all evening, it seemed like praying about medical issues. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I found in my study that oftentimes at 100 degrees Fahrenheit, heat strokes were very common. I know I could about have one when it hits 100 degrees. If it gets much warmer than that, it don't take very long for a man or a woman's core body temperature uh, to, to begin to increase. Increase so much, in fact, uh, that it could cause convulsions or shock, brain damage, and even death. Certainly when a person's core body temperature is raised so much it could even cause a cardio-respiratory collapse. I found in my study that a man can only sustain their core body temperature of 109 to 112 degrees. When he gets to that point, he's pretty much fried from the inside out. How much heat would it take for these men to be scorched? Scorched with fire. Boy, we think summer's hot now. You imagine when this power is given under the sun to scorch men with fire. 
I believe that fire and that heat is very literal for man to endure during this time. You imagine the damages that would take place not only toward man himself, for certainly there would be damages upon him, for there's a reason he blasphemed God, but certainly you imagine uh, the scene upon earth. And now, if you look back at your trumpet judgments, and you see that uh, there was a, a third part of the green grass, or all green grass, and third part of the trees, and everything like that was burnt up. Boy, there's been a lot destroyed already. Can you imagine this world and this whole ecosystem and uh, how everything could be affected just by this heat? Any plant life that could be living at that time? I don't know about you, I have a hard enough time to keep a garden watered in the summertime itself. And you imagine how hard it'd be to keep a garden watered if it was 130 degrees. I'm not saying it's going to be 130 degrees, but all I'm saying is when you talk about scorching heat, there's going to be a great effect upon plant life. There's going to be a great effect upon uh, all life upon the earth. Certainly heat and these high temperatures, this scorching fire will affect plants. It'll affect animals as well. Certainly there are many animals across the world today uh, that need shelter. They need a, a cool, dark place to hide and to be in such heat as this that can penetrate even to the darkest hole that may be cool at one moment. For some animals, it may cook them alive. Not only that, could you imagine as these blood waters, <laughs> the blood waters that we studied last week, there are scientists across the world today that they say, oh, they preach this global warming. They preach how uh, the world is getting warmer and we have hotter and hotter temperatures and it's melting the polar ice caps. Let me tell you something, friend. One of these days, the Lord's just going to go ahead and melt them things. Somebody say amen right there. Might as well go home and set off a can of Freon and burn you some tires because let me tell you something. There's coming a day which this vial will be poured out. And certainly if they say a 10 degrees difference in our atmospheric conditions can melt so much of that polar ice cap, let me tell you something, friend. You imagine how the flooding would be in that day. And it, don't, it won't just be water. What did we see last week? It was blood water. I love the Outer Banks. I can't wait to go down there. Boy, I'm... Ain't and Tony, I'm looking forward to October. Go down there and see the coast and go fishing. And you see some of those houses down there that's just, it's like they're right on the brink of extinction. There's some houses down there that I don't know how old they are, but uh, they seem like they may be uh, at least 20 years old or 30 years old. Some of them may have been there for a long time. Some of them not so long. And they build them things just right on the beach. A little storm come through and wipe them out and they build them back. Storm come through and wipe them out and they build it right back. Seems like sand overtakes them. The water's always edging closer and closer. Boy, you imagine it won't just be water one day. Every beautiful ocean city you could imagine if these blood waters was to rise by the flooding of these polar ice caps. Boy, all these wonderful so-called vacation cities 
will be covered in blood. Boy, it can be a sight to be seen. Boy, you can only imagine. Our little minds can't fathom the effects of this one vow. This flooding, bloody water. But also, boy, I was coming up the road the other day and somebody hit a possum. And just as hot as it has been the past couple days, we've had some pretty comfortable days. 70, 80 degrees. Just in 70 or 80 degrees, I can come home with my window down and I can drive over a dead possum in the road and that thing stinks to high heaven. Ain't been there two days. Now you imagine what an ocean and the streams full of hot blood would smell like. How putrid and nasty. If I can get about five foot from a possum on a 75 degree day and he stink to high heaven, I can't imagine what the ocean smell like. Putrid. Stench. Nasty. We can't imagine the exact reach of this vial itself. We try to fathom. I try to paint a picture and expound on it tonight. But just this one vial and its reach simply poured out upon the sun to intensify and bring such torment upon the earth. Not only that, but we see lastly tonight the response. Men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give Him glory. They blasphemed Him and repented not to give Him glory. You know, even with such great evidence of His divine power, of His divine judgment, oftentimes people say, well, if the Lord just put them flat on their back, maybe they'd repent. We see man can have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and still not repent. Just as the Egyptians, just as Pharaoh and how his heart was hardened, time after time, plague after plague, when the divine power of God was obvious and clear to the sinner man, we see that even in this time, that man blasphemed God and would not repent to give Him glory. Kind of reminds me of the simple fact that even man himself can't come to God without being drawn. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Being drawn. Man could see the very glory of God poured out all around him and still not repent. Boy, what a picture. How much more obvious does it get? Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. And there's none that seeketh after God. 
That's how big of sinners we were. In my sinful state, there was nothing in me or of me that would desire God Himself. I wasn't no different than these individuals that would go through this moment. There's nothing in this old flesh that desires God. Hallelujah, praise be to God one day. He drew me unto Him. By that sweet Holy Spirit of God wooing me unto Him. And led me to a place of repentance. We see throughout this pastor scripture, throughout this chapter, these vials of wrath. And by no means does it paint a picture in which God is pleased to bring such wrath and judgment upon men. I don't believe for a minute. Certainly, God is a God of love, but He's also a God of wrath. He's just and He's holy. My Bible says that He is long-suffering to usward. In fact, He has no desire whatsoever to see a man perish even in such a state as this which we read. To think that this would please God, no. For the wrath of God was appeased one day on Calvary. You want your sin appeased by God? You must first go to Christ. For this wrath that's poured out upon the sinner man one day, purging the world of its sinfulness and wickedness, almost in a sense, as if this sin-cursed world is regurgitating all the nasty junk that's in it to be purged for God's glory. It's not a pleasing task. But it's one must be done. We've seen the long suffering of God, for He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And at these moments, as we read in this chapter, this long suffering, and this mercy, and this grace, may we be reminded, has ceased. I trust that you'll continue your study throughout this book.